Okay. We are recording on Audacity right now. Got that pulled up. Got this pulled up. Let's crack a beer. The ever so sound of the angels. That was more of a burp than the can itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave it in. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt, Danny, Anthony, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 203 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast yes. for all things Magic the Gathering. That, uh, that, I'm at that excited voice that you just heard over there. What's up? Is Danny, the one and only Twitch wizard. Um, I take that. I take no, uh, Twitch wizard of getting all the emotes and stuff. We're not, no, aff- it's not emotes. Not it's emotes, just no. Nightbot. Nightbot. Yeah. We're not affiliate. So it's, o- don't it's get- only taken us two and a half years, three years. I don't know. I suppose it's longer than that. It's like no five we- years to get the setup. Well, we didn't start Twitch streaming right away. It wasn't until like easily a year in of us just recording the podcast that we started twitching. Was it? So mm. we're at our four-year mark. So I'd say, yeah, maybe three years of tw- twitching. We've been twitching for three years. So uh, yeah, th- Danny, myself, no, no Anthony, no Garrett this evening. Both are doing other things at the moment. Hopefully at some point they will return. But until then, you get the original crew. We are the original flavor. We are the pumpkin spice of the podcast. Non-experimental, very base. Bitches love us. No comment from Danny on that one. Thought that was good. No. <laughs> so, we are glad that you guys decided to join us in on this episode. I want to take a moment at the top of the episode to extend a heartfelt thank you. All of you dedicated listeners who are listening to this podcast right now, your unwavering support and enthusiasm for the show is truly inspiring to us, and we are grateful for the opportunity to bring you the latest updates, insights, and discussion from the world of Magic the Gathering each week. Your engagement and passion drives us to continue delivering top-notch content. Here is to many more episodes of shared excitement and community in the realm of Magic the Gathering. (coughs) And then I fucking swallow my own spit and throw off that nice roll I had going there. (coughs) God damn it. (laughs) Nightpot. Niv, Mizzy, get it back on track already, guys. I love it. Hey. It's accurate. It's work. It works. (laughs) Fuck white. Like I said, I said. Are we going to have a Danny drink? Oh, there's a Danny drink. It's right there. Oh, my God. Keep up with chat, Matt. Keep up with chat. Keep up with chat. Now I gotta put it in. Let's oh see boy! The drink. No, it's his exclamation point drink. Oh, it's just exclamation point drink. Yes. Drink. Yeah, this is how we play the game. <laughs> Furthermore, we would like to express our deep appreciation to the patrons of this week at MTG. Their generous contribution directly contributes to the success and continued growth of this show. Their commitment allows us to maintain the quality of our content, explore new avenues to enhance the podcast experience, and pay for the packs and cards for the monthly giveaways. 
Their support isn't just financial. It's a testament of the strong bond that unites us as fellow magic enthusiasts. So thank you for being an integral part of our podcasting journey and for helping us bring magic to life for the rest of the community here. So we need to give a big, ginormous thank you to Wade97, Amu the Fox, Noah, Slade, Nikki, No Modifier, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, Chimera, KCB, Taylor M, Ricky R, Chris O, Coco, obligatory, check out the Aquarium Guys podcast. Oh, with Chimera as well. Reminder, we said it last week, but Chimera remodeled their store. So if you're in the Thief River Falls area, go check out Chimera, play some magic, get some D&D stuff going on there. Um, uh, Chapman, Ranger Dan, and Crazy Mage. If you're entertained by or are enjoying the content that we are producing, you don't have to be a Patreon to support us. Go into the podcast app that you are using right now to rate and review us helps us tremendously because those forms of interaction elevate us on the recommendation charts for other Magic players to find us. But easily, my favorite way that you can support us is by word of mouth. Telling your friends, your family, your playgroup, your LGS rival is just awesome enough and helps tremendously. Now, we would be remiss if we didn't mention our LGS sponsor, JW Sports Cards and Gaming. Speaking of, let's hear an ad from them now. JW Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening? J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now, with all that podcast business out of the way, let's move to this episode's breakdown where I'll lay out what you're going to be hearing on this week's episode. Starting off, we're going to go to the Boggle Desk and talk about Assault Report. Danny and I, we had a very, very interesting game this last weekend. Good job, Chris. <laughs> then we're going to talk about a standard event because, you know, with uh, Vegas coming up this weekend, might as well talk about the, the format that they're going to be playing at Worlds, which is standard, and then talk about the upcoming events like Vegas, the Paradox RCQ, the J-Dubs RCQ, the Fall Brawl League. Then we're going to jump into the news, where we're going to have some news quickies, ranging from surveys to festival in a box, jumping into deeper stuff like Extra Life just announced today. Uh, a scam that happened, uh, a Twitch streamer got scammed from some packs, State of Arena, and from there, a couple other things. We'll move to the Contra Currency section, and we talk, not talk, where we play the Contra Currency game. And uh, Matt's going to lose, because I didn't, obviously... You read it, but you didn't, you didn't read, read it either. I did not read so, it. We're going to fumble the fuck out of that one. Sure. P- be prepared for that one. That one might be the most entertaining part of this episode. So get hyped for that. And then as soon as that's done, y'all can go home. That's it. That's another week in the books. So, Danny, you ready for this? Should we jump into the boggle desk? Sure. Okay. So I made I made a couple notes. Oh, Yeah. Highlights. That was a bit loud. A little bit highlights for me to remember there. Mm-hmm. So 
this Saturday, as we typically do on the Discord, uh, Saturday nights, we like to play some Commander with the, the folks in the Discord. Shameless plug here. Go join the Discord. It's free. You don't have to be any kind of a member. Links are down in the description. Uh, and more reasons to join the Discord here when we get to the upcoming events. But join the Discord. You get to play on Saturdays with us where we play Commander, can play Oathbreaker and stuff like that. But just chat magic in general. So, Saturday night. Uh, we play. I played one game, two games. T- first game, we played. Di- didn't really matter. It was a fun game, but that's not the one that we're going to be talking about. I just highlight that I was playing my Abzan Infect deck and uh, yep. kill kill Chris, who was playing Nekusar, and turned out wonderfully for me. And then I was able to infect everybody else. Danny, mm-hmm. he was telling me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Danny was telling me, give give him one more turn, let him live. So I let him. I, I I got him up to nine poison counters. Game one, son of a bitch decided to warp world. I still won after that. He wasn't able to recover, but uh, that was just. He just said he that I would enjoy it, and the fact that he knows warp world just like makes my brain melt a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's where he gets his endorphins from. But that was game one. Game two is the one that we're going to be talking about here because that yep. got fucking wild, Danny. Do you remember how it all started off? I don't know how it started. Okay. So we were at the point of the game. Everybody was getting a good board state. You had Maskwood Nexus out. You took Attempt with Discovery and got yourself... You got, like Turn before you cast the Attempt with Discovery and got yourself the World Tree. No, I didn't. Chris did. Chris... Oh, Chris did the Attempt. Chris did the Attempt. Chris did the Attempt. I got the World Tree. You got that. Okay. So Attempt was cast first You yep. were, and you got the World Tree. <laughs> yep. Following turn, Danny had enough mana to crack said World Tree... Because I had Masswood Nexus out. Making everything, all of his creatures in his decks, in gods. his deck, gods. Fucking gods. Yep. And so, what was that, like 17, 20 creatures you dropped on the board? Ranging I from. No idea. The creatures of note. Probably, yeah, probably about 20. Actually, I can probably pull it up. Creatures of note. There was a Baldweir Heavyweights, yep. a Tidal Barracuda. Uh, the arbitrage giants, the one that makes everybody's life totals back up to the highest. Um, Equal to the highest life total. Yeah, that one and a bunch of other like group huggy style ones. Uh, Seaborn Muse was tossed in there as well. But he brought all these out. Bunch of triggers go on the stack uh, with... 20 creatures. 20 creatures. With Roughly. Bold Weir Heavyweights, we all get a tutor for a creature and put it into play. So it was myself, Danny, Chris O, and Chris Goose playing. Mm-hmm. And Chris Goose was playing Yarok. Uh, no. Yep. Yarok. No, Yarok is the Scorch Thrash. Yarlock is the double trigger guy. Or vice versa, one of the two. It's Yarok. Yor- the one he was playing. Okay. So then it's the other one that's the, the Jun Mana Burn guy. He was playing the Sultide double trigger one. Yeah, he was playing Yarok. Oh, it's Yarok. Okay. Yarok and Yarlock are too fucking close. <laughs> You get them confused very easily. So yep. Goose was playing that and getting so many double triggers. And at the beginning of this, to, to note here, uh, Goose was countering Chris's uh, a bunch of Chris O's spells. Who's Chris O was playing Urza. I was playing my five-color Nekusar. Danny mm-hmm. was playing his Sheriff of Nottingham. Uh, no, it's Sir Robin Hood of Nottingham. Sir, Sir Robin Hood of Nottingham, sorry. It's so, hugs. It's hugs. not taxes. It's hugs. 100% hugs. His sir, uh, Kenworth the Return King deck. Yes. I didn't say that at the beginning there, but those are the four decks that were getting played. And Danny cracks this off. 
gets the heavyweight, uh, Boldwear heavyweights into play, mm-hmm. and uh, Chris O tutors up a blight steel. Yep. And Chris Goose tutors up a massacre worm. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, uh, Danny had a tidal barracuda now out on the battlefield that was on the battlefield. Yep. And opponents can cast spell. Anybody can cast spells at flash speed, but we can't cast them. We can't cast spells on Danny's turn. That is a big thing of note here. Uh, I can't even remember what I grabbed. I think it was Shieldred. Shieldred. Yeah, okay. I grabbed Shieldred. So uh, Massacre Worm comes out. All, all the creatures come out, and Massacre Worm comes out, triggers Yurok, and double your, yep. double triggers everything in Snake 4 and Egg 4. But on the stack before that, Chris O had like six Thopters, a Psy Master Thopterist, and to reduce taking a bunch of fucking damage, sacked a bunch of his stuff there, so that way he'd uh, you know draw cards, not have to take a lot. Because with Massacre Worm, whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, they lose two life. Mm-hmm. So two Massacre Worm triggers on the stack. A bunch of activated abilities go off here. Massacre Worm then resolves, wiping out the rest of Chris's o- Chris O's board, my board, which consisted of Omnath, Locus of All, there's another creature. I had some smaller than four creature that died, but Shieldred was still alive. Oh, and I had a Kozilek, the the first one, not the, not the sure. Distortion, yep. whatever the, the first Kozilek was. So I had those two on the battlefield, and then Massacre Worm, we all lose our life. Danny took a shit ton because he had a lot of X4s, like a Seed Worm used, the Tidal Barracuda died, and a bunch of other I lost ones. 14 creatures. Yeah, so 28 life. He was down to eight, six, eight or six at that. Doesn't matter. It was very, it was very low. And uh, in this time, there was then, uh, still on Danny's turn, Danny decides to cast Warp World. Mm Mm-hmm. Cast Warp. Yep. Uh, Yeah, Warp World. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, cast Warp World. Warp World. So he he just dropped all this stuff in play, had enough mana also to do, because with Danny's Hug Deck, if you don't know, if you haven't heard us talk about it, he has so many mana doubling enchantments in there, Mana Flare, Heartbeat of Spring, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. So you get some crazy fucking mana from doing that, from playing with Danny. So again, highly jump in the Discord and request to play with Danny. If you want to see what your deck can do, you play with Danny. He will allow it. He is the arbiter of the f- yes. The fastest game we've played was 15 minutes. <laughs> that was what last not that this was last weekend. Two weekends weekend. ago. Yeah. My fucking God. So uh Danny then casts Warp World. Warp World on the stack. Uh priority goes to Chris O, who has a blight steel out. Yep. He casts slip out the back on the blight steel to keep the blight steel in play through the chaos warp. Yep. Priority on uh with uh slip out the back on the stack. Chris Goose, instead of was contemplating strongly, hardly, of whether to counter the slip out the back or the chaos warp. Mm-hmm. Ended up countering the chaos warp. Yep. Blight Steel slips out the back, gets yep. phased out. And so everything's still on the board per usual. Mm-hmm. My turn comes around. Uh, we we, uh, we draw make everybody draw a few cards to the point where Danny got down to two life. Which is very close to him dead, but not dead yet. And uh, that's all I could do, pretty much. Go go past the turn to Chris O. Chris O, Blightsteel, phases back into play. <laughs> and like I mentioned at the beginning, Chris O got all of his shit countered by Goose. Yep. And Chris O had a Blightsteel. 
and yep. was feeling very, very giddy about having that. Uh, little also backstory, Goose, not a fan of Blightsteel. <laughs> uh, hates it with a passion. Yep. Uh, Chris O manages to then go and kill Goose with the Blightsteel. Yep. Pumps it up to like 13, I think, to like really just cinch the cinch it home and stuff. And Yeah, it was 13. And uh, yeah, was able to able to knock him out that way. Then the turn goes back to Danny. Oh, here's where the notes come in. Oh yeah, well that's where I left off. Like Blight Seal just killed Chris, and that was like the extent. Because then it just kind of like the the game was wrapping up at that point. Did I win that last game? I think yes. I, I won the last yes, game, making did. everybody draw with. Yeah, Nekusari. you killed everyone by Nekusar. Yeah, I wheeled twice. I think it was like a whispering madness, and then I got into a. Um, the red, red one metal craft molten psyche. There we go. Sure. So Danny was Danny was still alive. Add two life, but then died I, in my turn. I basically was just trying to find something, but my deck was dead. Oh, oh, oh. yes. And we got we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Chris's middle finger token that he made specifically for Goose. <laughs> fucking that was lost. Great. Fucking lost it when he made that. Oh my god. But anyway, that was uh, that was this weekend. It was a very intense game. We enjoyed it. We were up uh, Chris O's time. He's he's East Coast. He was so, up until three, three, so we were up three. until like two thirty. Yeah. Poor, well, poor. it was two for everyone else, but me, you, and I, we stayed on and chatted in Discord for probably another what half hour. Yeah, easily another hour. half an hour there. We were just talking about some things that you could do, some cheekier things with the uh, not cheekier, the, just more. So I'm not hurting myself. Yeah, he was. Uh, heavyweights very, kills me. Yeah, Dan, Danny was a little sad about the heavyweights whole thing that happened there with the blight steel, the massacre worm. That just like that whole stack. That stack got just intense of activated abilities and stuff on there because I was also activating abilities in there somehow. Can't remember what I was activating because the the massacre worm and the blight steel. <laughs> oh my god! Right. But uh, but yeah, there we go. That was the salt salt and sugar report. So Chris August won you that game. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Like, if if Goose countered the slip out the back instead of the chaos, the uh the warp world, the game would have been different. I don't even know how I, that I, would have I would I would have decked you all the next turn. Your turn, you would have everyone would have been decked. Yeah. So the one thing about my neck uh my hidden Nekisar deck and uh warp world is I don't have a lot of permanence. It's more spells in there. Uh, yep. So I get a lot more misses. Mm-hmm. When you cast Warp World game one, I was playing my Abzan Infect deck. There are only four non-land cards in there. Four not or uh, four non-permanent, four or five non-permanent cards. Jeez. And that's things like Primal Surge, because that's the jank of that deck. It's Primal yep. Surge, Genesis Wave, and then like Heroic Intervention and uh, Acroma's Will. And like another one that kind of does the same thing where it gives all my creatures and stuff indestructible. Mm-hmm. So s- stuff like that. Those are the only ones that are non-permanents. So when you game one, when you cast the uh, warp world, I'm like, this is perfectly fine by me. Just get everything. Right. No, I know Neki started gets wrecked by warp world. Yeah. So so, so many counter spells, so many wheels. I, I lose out on board advantage there by far. Everything just gets shuffled back into your deck. Uh, but let's talk about this standard Japan Open that happened this last weekend. I think we're going to try and cover it in a different way. 
going to mtgdex.com here or .net mtgdex.net they have a win archetype win rate matrix that we're just going to like lightly cover on here and so you know just kind of like show that off make it easier not dive too much in decks we don't fo we follow standard i follow standard a little bit but not as deeply as the rest of the the folks here so Starting off this weekend, it was a 256-person event. Jesus. Yeah, it was huge. Uh, all playing standard. The top decks of note were uh, the uh, Red Deck Wins in standard. Red Deck Wins in standard. So, Danny, be hyped about that. I don't play standard, so I don't care. Yeah, I think the thing with the Red Deck Wins... We'll quickly look at the deck here since I got it pulled up. First off, super cheap. Apparently in standard, it's 58 bucks compared to like 500 for the other standard mm -hmm. decks. But Monastery, uh, Monastery Swift Spear, Bloodthirsty Adversary, Kumano Faces Kakazan, Phoenix Chick, Squee, Dubious Monarch, Felden, uh, Ronum Ex Excavator, Charming Scoundrel, and Gothic Cloaked Reveler. Along with Lightning Strike, Play With Fire, Monstrous Rage, Nahiri's Warcrafting, 19 Mountains, 1 Sokazan, Crucible of Defiance, and 3 Mishra's Factory. Very aggressive, very attacky. Well, you have to be with Mono Red. Oh, yeah. A enough to get it into like third place. A 59% win rate overall. Surprisingly good. It, it's, it skirts up to that 60% win rate. The lowest is 40% against. Was it that one right there? Oh, you just passed it. Ooh. It's the first yellow one. Get over. There we go. Nope. <laughs> Hold on. There we go. Uh, Esper Legends. 40% against Esper Legends, which is also the other highest win uh, win rate deck at 59%. So uh, average 53 to 64 for the red deck wins 52 to 67 for the Esper Legends. A little higher win rate and stuff. Uh, going against a bunch of different... Uh, de decks here. So red deck wins wins out a lot against the Golgari mid range, the Alara domain, which I think that there's a little combination of. So, so that's the battle deck that like cascades into things that uh, that five color Alara battle that mm -hmm. came out in March of the Machines. Yeah, and stuff. And that's the deck that everybody likes. Um, overall win rate of another deck which is white weenies significantly up there this this standard meta is very aggressive the esper legends is also an aggressive deck where you have the if i'm not mistaken that's like savine not savine savine whatever the 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 phoenix the not phoenix sphinx so we got fairy mastermind lord skitter sewer king shielded the apocalypse denic Pious Apprentice and Rafine Scheming Seer, the one from New Capenna. That's mm. what really ties it together of uh, attacking with legends and getting big plus one plus one counters, a lot of plus one plus one counters on a single creature to just whack face. Uh, wedding Announcement, The Wandering Emperor. Then you got Go for the Throat. Virtue of Loyalty, new card from Wilds of Eldraine, Chapment where it puts a plus one counter on each creature you control, untap those creatures at the beginning of your end step. So it, it makes it makes attacking and defense very promising for this deck here. And, uh, yeah. 
The win rate is very nice, very aggressive. We also have Grixis Midrange uh, above 50%, Azorius Soldiers, another aggressive deck that is 58%. And one of the big losingest decks. Oh my gosh, just scroll down here far enough. You got Esper Flash, 70% overall win rate. Uh, Mono Blue Grounds, but there's only 19 matches, meaning that there's less decks to play, so that win rate is going to be like higher when they actually do better. So Esper Flash had 20 matches. Mono Blue Grounds had 19 matches. What is Mono Blue Grounds? <laughs> See, we don't... Uh... Golgari, Gruul, show all 578 decks. This was an intense... Sorry, I don't have any information about that. Thank you, Google. <laughs> don't even know how that one happened. Mono blue tempo? Maybe it's this mono blue tempo one. Yeah, maybe seventy-seven. Maybe it's because you said what is? What fair? Let's not let's not trigger it again. Triska decophile, omen hawker, uh, hypnotic grifter, Agatha's soul cauldron. Okay, so you're just getting a bunch of activated abilities here. Now, what makes the ground training grounds reducing the activated ability? Okay, there we go. Because training grounds is in standard right now. That's also wild to remember. So yeah. I don't know what, what else there is to say about it. It was taken, uh, the event was won by Esper Legends and stuff, so. Yeah. Le Too bad the Red didn't win. It's going to be interesting to see at Worlds this weekend, like, what are going to be the decks. Like, if this is going to be a good snapshot of what the pro players are looking at, or what they're going is to be playing. Is it standard? Yep. It's going to, so, th th this will be a good uh, transition now over to talking about Vegas here. Worlds is happening this weekend in vegas mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about it before so worlds is going to be three rounds draft four rounds standard both days on friday and saturday sunday is top eight so and top eight will be played in in standard yeah so seeing you know what what, what these high level players are going to be bringing you know there's you're going to see mono red decks you're going to see white weenie decks you're going to see the esper legend decks now the question is are we going to see more people running this mono blue training grounds agatha soul cauldron deck probably because show me a training ground deck and i'm just going to be in on that yeah i don't know all these decks are going to be seen played almost guaranteed maybe not the lower win con ones the winning percentage, but yeah. but if you're looking at like the top fifteen decks for win, they'll all see play. Yeah, I do want to say the the most played deck is the Golgari mid range deck here, which had four hundred and some matches played. And we'll pull up a list here whenever my computer decides to be like, yes, let's load. So Golgari mid range took second place. Mono red took third. Esper mid range took first in this standard event this yep. last weekend here. And the Golgari mid range is Blossoming Tortoise, Mossward, Dread Knight, Tenacious Underdog, Graveyard Trespasser, Shielded the Apocalypse, Glissus Sunslayer, Lord Skitters, and Outland Liberator. All getting tied together with things like uh, virtue of uh, persistence, which reanimates a lot of these creatures. Removal things like heavy on removal, go for the throat, cut down Shieldred's edict. Yeah, Casey, shout out to the turtle. This is like not too far off, probably from being a solid pioneer deck. Maybe. Ooh, Casey, hit me up about an Ashiok uh, 
an Ash, the new Ashiok and Bolus's Citadel Sultai deck. That sounds pretty interesting with um, the Sultai Ultimatum. <laughs> so yeah, th that's what the the Kulgari mid range deck is just outvaluing having the Graveyard ability here, like Graveyard Trespasser and Tenacious Underdog, very aggressive mid rangey cards here. So, but yeah, so back to Magicon Vegas which is this weekend, as I mentioned, Worlds. There's also going to be the a bunch of side events, the Secret Layer Showdown. There's going to be the 1,000K limited event. Mm -hmm. uh, Elijah Wood DJing. is DJing. Uh, the Gavin Verrier Unknown event as well going on. And the, uh, uh, from what I heard, I was listening to Color of Magic and... Uh, Power Dragon was talking about that there's going to be like the with the creators there there's going to be this like kind of a game that they're doing with the hmm. creators uh, attendees get a passport and what they got to do is find creators who have their own separate stamp and they got to get like their passports stamped by 20 creators there oh they, like Twitch creator or content creators yeah like nice. magic content creator so you know Power Dragon I'm drawing a blank like Kess Wiley and stuff is going to be mm -hmm. there. Like th those kind of names. You go, you yeah. find, and there's going to be like the content creator like table where they rotate in and out between throughout the whole event. Like the creators are getting a chance there to promote themselves, meet with fans. And that's where you, you'll probably be able to get a lot of your stamps from. But right. if you're, if you're attending and stuff. So if you do that, there's a prize there. I don't think he said what the prize was going to be, but no, it probably won't be announced until, might day be, of might be some fancy limited edition pins that they're doing with their pin uh event their pin Pro collecting. It probably is a pin yeah that's my first thought at least so that's exciting right uh do you think that there will be a tribute to sheldon event 100 percent. i believe 100 percent that there will be a tribute to sheldon Manor. There, there will be a tribute to an extent as to how big and how large it's i think those will be based off of Sheldon's family's recommendations, so yeah. or wishes, I should say. Yeah, maybe a limited event, but there's definitely gonna there. There might have like a moment for everybody, you know, like oh, maybe a moment of silence. Yeah, like, the, uh, the, I remembering they'll for, they'll for sure do that. I don't know if it'll be like the start of like opening ceremony, but somewhere in there, Sheldon definitely. Yeah, right. Again, as we talked as we talked about last week, Sheldon Manry passed away, lost lost the good fight to cancer, mm -hmm. fuck cancer, mm -hmm. and uh, he was a pillar of the community. And yep. yeah, he's definitely he's definitely going to get remembered by wizards. I'm waiting for the secret layer for Sheldon. Oh, there's there's going to be one, and hopefully, I, I have high I have good expectations. Like wizards does seem to be okay when it comes to stuff like that, where it's like they make like with their international women's day, they send a good chunk of proceeds and stuff to the organization and stuff. Like they just keep their cut for whatever it makes to get the cards. Right. Then. Yeah. And we'll talk about that here with extra life. Like they're giving fifty percent of their secret layer for their uh, to extra life. So it's like I'm I'm confident that they're not gonna like find it as a money grab. It's gonna be out of the utmost respect for Sheldon for them to make like right. eternalize Sheldon in a card. Mm-hmm. I can uh, I can definitely see that see that happening. Yes, Crazy Mage, fuck cancer to the highest degree. You know, yeah. If you get a chance, support uh, cancer research because it is a stupid fucking disease that takes too many good people away. So. Uh, MagicCon Vegas happening. Get hyped for that. You want to talk about the next one, Danny? 
I'm creating a command real quick. Oh, creating a command. Okay. Well, then you do the one no, after. No, yeah. I, I'll I read can this do, one. I can do it. I okay, just had to do it real quick. Yeah. So, Paradox has an RCQ coming up. Um, so, last week we talked about it. J-Dub's having their RCQ date. Um, date to be announced. Uh, well, we forgot to check in on our other LGS, Paradox. Their RCQ is happening October 7th at 11 a.m. Uh, this RCQ season will be played in the modern formats. So, get those Hammer Time and Merfolk decks ready. Or... The is it burn decks with the preordains? Yeah, dude. Um, you've been you've been very happy with the preordains and your I, burn decks. I, here. I still need to actually build it, but anyway, back on track. Uh, Paradox RCQ will cost thirty nine ninety nine or forty bucks, um, and we'll have Swiss, Swiss rounds with a cut to top eight. Uh, the prizes for first and second place are invited to the. Prizes for first and second place are an invite to the DreamHack Regional Championships later this year. Alongside those invites, first and second place will receive those beautiful Secret Layer style Death's, Death's Shadow with art from Matt Stryker. Uh, the rest of the top eight will get the ever, every, ever so cuddly. Wow, Matt, your words are so hard to read. No, uh, that, that's every so cuddly. That's, that's an editorial mistake on my part. Okay. I need an I need an editor. It should be we'll mistakes. get the ever so cuttable an offer you can't refuse with art from Miho ish Irish. Uh standard set booster packs with numbers varying accordingly to attendance. And as mentioned last week, J Dubs will be hosting their RCQ October twenty first at twelve PM with an entry fee of fifty dollars. Prizes are the DreamHack Regional Championship invites and the Death Shadow and an offer you can't refuse, as mentioned before, along with the prize packs giving out according to attendance as well. These both require you to have your deck list submitted before the time of the event. So uh, when you're done tuning your deck, that you're going to be playing for that. Make sure to get the list entered to help keep things running smoothly for both events. There's a lot of like online ways to like get your list submitted in a mm-hmm. uh, REL approved format to make it easier. So do that. Yep. And this one we'll just tag off each other. We'll just mention the Fall Brawl League over on our starts Discord. tonight. Starts Actually, tonight. technically. Hey. Earlier today, but yeah. If you're in the if if you're in the Discord right now and you signed up for the Fall Brawl League fucking get on that and if you haven't sign up for it yes yes we'll we'll make exceptions like if you're if you're watching live or if you're listening tomorrow i'm pretty sure we can convince nomad to to add in a couple people because we got packs to send to fucking people we got cards to send to people we Uh, want to send them to you join the fall brawl league it is starting now you can play us it's all done in round robin style meaning Mm -hmm. that uh you play whoever you you get your bracket you got to play everybody and you just set up with your you just set up with whoever it's like hey you're able to play tonight play that tonight you submit uh the results you just play best of one in friendly historic brawl or not friendly historic just friendly brawl which allows the use of historic cards 100 card and yeah join the discord we have a fall brawl tab just for that that we do. Now, moving to the news topics here. 
Jumping to the news section this week, let's start off with some news quickies. We are in that time frame after a set drops that Watsi releases their survey for players to respond to. The survey is a tool that Watsi uses to help get feedback from Magic players. We always mention this these because we believe that they're important for players to fill out as this is a Wizards of the Coast directly asking for our opinions and we should take as much advantage of that as possible. This survey is about Wilds of Eldraine and asking how you rate the set, what products you have purchased of Wilds of Eldraine, and asking you to rate the, the border treatments. They also ask how you engage with magic via tabletop or arena and etc. So link to the survey can be found in the description below. Please go take it so your thoughts can be heard to Watsi. Like this is organized for them. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Festival in the Box. Uh, because the festival is happening this weekend. Uh, so next up in the news quickies, Watsi announced their festival in a box for pre-order on the Secret Lair website. This product is a way for players to get the festival experience of Magic on Las Vegas without spending the money to go to Las Vegas. And with the Vegas price to boot, uh, $249.99 plus tax. Uh, in this box, you will receive a mystery booster... Uh, mystery booster... Editorial. I'm, I'm going to read the way Matt writes it instead it's of an automatically I type, changing it. I type fast, and it didn't have the little squiggly line underneath to show that it was So oh you'll receive a mystery boother <laughs> convention edition, uh, which is 24 boosters in the in it, a non-foil secret layer promo Relentless Rats with art from Graham uh, Yarrington, Dan Fraser's Mox box secret lair drop with the cards consisting of mox um tantalite mox opal and soul ring all done in his signature are done in his signature and the chaos draft uh 24 draft booster grab bag built with the draft packs of one dominary remastered three modern horizons two one dominary united one brothers war two streets of new Compena. Four Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, three Wilds of Eldraine, four uh, March of the Machines, um, one Frexia, all will be one. Uh, you have two Innistrad Crimson Vow and two Innistrad Mary Hunt. All pre orders for the festival in the box are limited to three per order, according to the website, will begin to ship November 6th. So, yeah, that's that. Oh, there's more there. In the red. Fuck! I got you color-coordinated, baby. Color-coordinated, baby. I was at the end of the page, so I stopped. <laughs> to scroll. Um, and since we were talking about secret layers, I'll mention here that as of Monday the 18th, there are 11 days left for you to get your orders in for the fall super drop. That includes the keep parting hard, shred harder uh, than you previously thought possible, bugging out, now on VHS, Absolute Annihilation, Magic the Baseballing, featuring... Gary Baseman and artist series Kev Walker. Get on that if you haven't gotten, you haven't yet your cardboard addict. Uh, yes, you. I'm specifically calling you out being a cardboard addict, Peter. Linda got a hold of us. This is your intervention. You are buying too much product, and Maddie would like you to stop. So yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. No. Keep going. No. Please. No. Pretty please. I wrote it very nicely. We are here for you. Come back home. Hasbro won't screw you over again. 
bless you, Danny. Or something like that. We got Boother Packs for you. Yeah, I'm like, Boother Packs. <laughs> Matt has all the Boother Packs for you. It's like if Mike Tyson played fucking Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Mike Tyson uh, likes Boother Draft. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please don't punch me, Mike Tyson. <laughs> You'd die. <laughs> yeah, I would die. My God. Mike, if you play Magic, hit us up. I'd love to have an actual conversation. Please hit you. Matt up. Don't hit. Please, no. literally <laughs> phrasing. hit Matt up. Phrasing. I'll reword that. Contact me. <laughs> Contact us. Start with Danny first. Give me a wall of defense. He can probably ease the uh, the Boother joke here. That just... <laughs> uh, That's enough. <laughs> uh, Mike, type in is my favorite. Casey says... Yep. And since we all love Secret Lairs, let's dive into more Secret Lair-ish news. Today on a pre-recorded Danny drink. <laughs> Damn it, Danny. And since we all love Secret Lairs, let's dive into the Secret Lairs news. Today on a pre-recorded weekly MTG stream, Blake Rasmussen was joined by Mindy Merat Min- Minhares of Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, who puts on the Extra Life's charity event, to announce the continued partnership between Watsi and Children's Miracle Network during the Extra Life 2023 event. For those who aren't aware of what Extra Life is, or if you forgot, quote from their website, extralife.org, Extra Life is a fundraising program of Children's Miracle Hospitals. The Extra Life community fundraises year-round to change kids' health to change the future. Donations go to member children's hospital to fund critical life-saving treatments and healthcare services, along with innovative research, vital pediatric medical equipment, and child life services. Magic the Gathering has partnered with Extra Life for the past 10 years and has donated over $4 million. And this year is no different. Little side note, it was mentioned that just the donations from Wizards alone they were able to build a whole new center uh, off of the Seattle Children's Hospital because uh, they are, since they're by Seattle, like that's where a lot of their proceeds go mm-hmm. to is directly to the Seattles. But then it also goes to, another portion of that goes to the, right. re- the rest of the network throughout the, the, the country. Um, so with this partnership, Watsi is selling Extra Life product with proceeds benefiting Extra Life. Starting off, the products, which ties in with our last bit of news, is a secret lair. Secret lair ponies, the Galloping 2. Let me get this pulled up here. Ah, I forgot to pull up the... We'll do that later. But Let's look at the secret lair, the ponies here. So we have Applejack, Fluttershy, Pinkie Pie, and Rainbow Dash finishing off the main six of the My Little Ponies MTG cards to date. The last one was done like at the beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. like 2019, I think. So Applejack, we'll read the cards here for you. Green, white, two, four, four, legendary creature pony has family gathering. At the beginning of your end step, Put a toy you own on the battlefield as a 2-2 creature token with that toy's name, colors, and creature types. If the toy has wings, the token has flying. If the toy has horns, a horn, scry two. If it has neither, create a food token. Look at that. 
Look at that little cutie. <laughs> then we have Fluttershy. Green, white, one for a zero four legendary Pegasus. Defender flying, pay one, tap, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature with a tail target player controls. Stare down up to one target creature until end of turn. If you can't, it can't attack or block as long as you're looking at it directly. <laughs> These are silver border oh acorn-esque boy. cards. Instead of acorns, though, the little hollow symbol is a heart. And at the top there, where the legendary symbol is, it's like they got... So Applejack has apples, Fluttershy has butterflies, and then Pinkie Pie has candy, and Rainbow Dash has a little rainbow. So let's read Pinkie Pie next. White Red for a 2-2 legendary creature pony. Whenever you cast a spell with a smile in its art, create a tapped treasure token. Every pony's invited. Your party consists of each creature you control, and your party is always full. <laughs> Hey, that's, that's actually important for some party decks here, man. Maybe the party deck archetype is going to be a thing. Final card, Rainbow Dash. White, red, one for a 2-2 legendary creature, Pegasus. Flying in haste. Whenever a creature you control with flying and or haste attacks, you get 20% cooler. You start at 0% coolness. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Sonic Rainbow. Tap. If you're at least 100% cool add Wooberg, draw a card, and reset your coolness. Okay, I'm in on that. That seems like a fucking busted card there. So starting with coolness, (laughs) 0%. None of us are cool. This thing is pretty fucking sweet. So yeah. Now, if those aren't the cutest cards that you have ever seen, they will be sold in foil and non-foil drop for $49.99 and $39.99 respectively, with 50% of the proceeds of the Secret Lair going to Extra Life. Then there is merch that will be for sale on the extralifeshop.com, such as the light blue t-shirts with this year's Extra Life logo of Applejack, Fluttershy, Pinkie Pie, and Rainbow Dash galloping around Ajani, who is striking a fabulous, ferocious pose with the Extra Life 2023 logo at the bottom in bubble lettering. The logo will also be on a sticker, a playmat, and the back of a retro windbreaker-style jacket in pink and blue. And here's what they look like for you, dear listeners. There's the sticker. Those watching the Twitch. So uh, join the Twitch Monday nights. You get to see our new setup and actually get a look at what we're talking about some of the times. Mm-hmm. The jackets look pretty cool. Nah. Maybe. I don't know. Would I wear one? No, I'm not much of a windbreaker kind of guy here. But they are there. Uh, old profits of these, so the profits of the, the merch here, will be going to Extra Life. Now, not only will you be able to purchase these online, but they will be available to purchase during Magic Con Las Vegas. It was also noted that while at Vegas, there will be this special pins to get at the Extra Life booth that are part of the pin program Wizards is doing throughout the MagicCon events, as we were talking about a little bit ago. Plus, the Saturday Unknown event that is hosted by Gavin Verhey will have all the proceeds that it makes there from that event, all the ticket sales, go to Extra Life as well. Wizards will also be doing their Day of Streaming Fun event where the, uh, they stream November 4 at november 4th at 12 to 8 p.m over on twitch.tv slash magic they will raise donations for extra life and play magic 
the week leading up to it, Wizards employees will be gaining access to the Wizards Twitch account and be playing Arena, telling behind-the-scenes stories of cards and sets that they are playing. Now, speaking of Arena, there will also be some Arena-exclusive Extra Life items to purchase. I'll scroll up, scroll up here so the, the Twitch Live viewers can see. There's going to be a sleeve bundle for one of each of the four ponies in the secret lair for 1,600 gems. So you get one of each of those sleeves that you can put on any of your deck. A Pinkie Pie Avatar for 500 gems, which is just the Pinkie Pie art that's on the card. And an Extra Life logo sleeve that we were just talking about for 600 gems. The net proceeds of this are donated to Extra Life. Then the last bit of involving Extra Life and Arena is that Magic Arena Extra Life 2023 Treasure Brawl. Quote from the excerpt in the article, beginning October 29th, Magic Arena players can join the Extra Life 2023 Treasure Brawl. In this historic brawl event, you'll use pre-constructed decks focused on gaining Extra Life in addition to starting with Extra Life. Not only that, but each player will also create a treasure token during their upkeep. This mirrors the support you have given to children over the past 10 years the real treasure this does sound like there is no entry free fee and like always we'll have all the links for making purchases per, these purchases and stuff the article linked down below but do want to note here as well you can donate directly to extra life if you don't want any of the products that we mentioned here you can donate directly to extra life through their donation button on their website which we will be linking down below yep yep so moving along uh so if you haven't heard yet, real estate tycoon, uh, tycoon John Ava has received a Secret Lair Artist Series drop. Though he is not showcasing his scen uh, scenery skills with this drop, his art for these cards are still stunning. As Matt pulls them up. Got him pulled up, baby. Yep, yep. So we have Embercool, The Promised End, Progenus, Brainstorm, Sierra Angel. Yeah, they're all... Very fabulous. The brainstorm with the court of wizards. <laughs> it is. The uh, the flavor text of the, the brainstorm, James would let his duck compose now and then, but never make the tea. What? James would let his duck compose now and then, but never make the tea. I don't get that reference. Flew right over your head. It did. The The cool thing about this is that it was an article a Q&A done with John Avon and Hipsters of the Coast how they announced this hmm. so I'll just say I highly recommend checking out the Hipsters of the Coast uh, Q&A article there for you to check out get all that information there but uh, there's going to be a foil and non-foil non-foil $29.99 foils $39.99 and they're going to go on sale October 2nd yeah, yeah, Casey, Emmercool, The Promise End, that's going to be very good in Pioneer there. That's going to be selling. Like, people are going to be buying this at, like, you know, four of these, so that way they could get their playset of Emmercool, The Promise End. Because I think Emmercool, The Promise End is, like, I don't know, 40, 50 bucks, right? Something around there. And maybe this means that we'll get Burning Shoal in Modern if they're printing progenitors. No, that's not the case. <laughs> that is definitely not the case. Uh, next up, boy, howdy. This is a crazy story here. Uh, straight from wargamer.com. Streamer reveals apparent $14,000 
MTG Vintage Scam live on stream. Twitch streamer Pay Money Wubby apparently paid $14,000 for a sealed starter deck from Vintage Magic Unlimited set, but that's not what he opened. Uh, the starter deck from third MTG set Unlimited and was opening it live on air when it became apparent, I'm quoting straight from the article here, it became apparent that it was in fact a repack scam. Over 10,000 viewers tuned into Wubby's Monday stream last week and members of Twitch chat were first to spot something was amiss. Uh, as a good showman, Wubby begins the pack opening with the common magic cards working up to the rares, but any hopes of pulling a fabulously expensive magic card are dashed early on as Twitch commenter A Lack of Pants observes that Mountain had an old tamp symbol, but the planes had the word tap? Question mark. Immediately afterwards, Forever Malone <laughs> Forever Malone <laughs> writes Revised Mountain which revises after Unlimited. Wubby verifies that the Twitch chat has spotted the pack contains three cards from Revised Printing of Magic, a mountain, a swamp, and a wall of bones mixed which mixed with the Unlimited cards, a common Earthbind card, which is also mixed into the Uncommon card section as well. This appears to be a repack scam in which low-value cards are repackaged to resemble, reassemble valuable sealed products from rare sets. Wubby rips one of the cards in half to check whether it's a fake, but is satisfied that the cards are genuine, just not particularly valuable. The two rares in the pack are the comparatively worthless Chaos Lace and the Hive. Unlike modern starter products, Magic starter packs were randomized back in the day and contained two rares. Unlimited was the last set ever printed containing the Power 9, some of the most powerful and rare valuable Magic cards of all time. Although it's unlikely that any given starter deck will contain any of these cards, the possibility that it might means that they command huge premiums. The cheapest current listed on card market is selling for $23,500. Goddamn. An unlimited. So Wubby got a great deal for 14000 if that's the case. That's, that's how you get scammed. Yeah. You find one for too good of a value. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a big case. A lot of the times, you always hear people. If it seems like a scam, it's, it's probably it's a yeah, scam. probably a scam. Yeah, for something that's nine, almost ten thousand dollars cheaper, it's a scam. Wubby is actually fairly happy about the outcome. Partially, he tells his Twitch chat that because I have a buyer protection on this purchase and should be able to get his money back from the seller. He says he always planned to lose money on the purchase. I personally, quote, I personally got enjoyment out of opening vintage stuff like this. I purchased this at a total loss. It is something I purchased for content. If I wanted to get a Black Lotus, my best chance was to uh, go out and purchase a Black Lotus. Wubby doesn't point the finger at the specific seller, stating the person who I bought it from probably didn't know themselves. Wubby may have just been the most recent recipient of fake collector items that has been going on for rounds for years, and we have talked about that a lot on the podcast. People have getting getting scammed. And the, yeah. Like, there, there's that fine line between proxy and counterfeit, like the terminology there. You mm-hmm. know, like proxy, I think, I think we all agree, like, if you have a proxy... You're not planning on like reselling that. You're using that for right, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Counterfeits are when you are intentionally selling to make a profit off of a fake card. Yep. And stuff. And we all agree. Counterfeits make you a douche nozzle. That it does. But proxies, proxy up, baby. Make that shit all day because this game be expensive. Yes, sir. <laughs> so this yeah. is why I haven't built my modern deck yet. Yeah. Yep. Though, arguably, your modern burn deck probably going to cost you maybe like 50 to 100 bucks um 
actually Ooh, I, have gonna it, pull it up. I have it priced gonna gonna get a live no. price check on what danny's burn modern deck is did i put it in here i think you did because you shared yes, it yes is it really burning there it's such a good name it is uh 276 dollars Ooh. Ooh, a little more pricey than I thought. What's the what's the spice that you got in there that costs a, a pretty penny? Um, it's the lands. It's the lands. The lands. The lands cost two hundred and twenty six dollars. <laughs> and the rest of the deck is sixty seven bucks. Fifty forty nine dollars. Forty nine dollars. <laughs> is the rest of the deck. Location, this location, is, this location. Is, <laughs> this is why real estate is the most expensive part of magic. It's dumb. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. You can play all the janky cards you want, but you want it to play smoothly. You got to get some of these stupid fucking lands. So if if you don't use the 14 lands I have in there, it's going to cost you... Uh, I don't want to get rid of them, though. It's the thing. Uh, I can move them to considering. Um price of cards these days getting constructed decks we've talked about it before you know like some of these modern decks are like several thousand dollars and as oh, just yep. mentioned before like a standard deck being like 500 to 700 dollars it's like god damn that's outrageous and that's standard mm-hmm. though one of the big leading forces for a lot of those standard deck is like they got some high high chase rares in their shieldred the apocalypse is like one of the biggest ones right now at like a, an 80 70 dollar card right um, so with those 10 or 14 lands out, you're looking at 170 bucks. Yeah. So I'd say that's an extremely fair budget deck. Yeah. I, I would be totally in on something like that. Oh, never mind. Just wait. Um, Ooh. considering. Ooh, not sideboard. Oh, because yeah, sideboard then keeps the yeah. price of it in there as well. So, Using Moxfield, go check out Moxfield. So, Not sponsored, but they're a great um, source. Yeah, it's about fifty bucks the whole deck if you don't <laughs> use those lands. <laughs> Burn is the cheapest to yeah. play as long as you don't go for the expensive lands. Yeah, yeah, and that's like, I guess that's one of those things when it comes to making any kind of a deck. The lands themselves are like that stepping stone that achievement where you go from like jank to like serious jank kind of a thing right it's still jank it's still jank but you got like smoother mana for the jank so you're not like playing you're not top decking yeah tap lands uh, or just like continuous basics and then you just draw too many of your uh too many of your mountains when you need an island or vice versa stuff kind of like that so that is true but uh overall i would say like outside of the the main cards that get played in commander and like that you see in modern lists, a lot of the cards are super cheap because wizards is reprinting them like Leyline of like the ley lines, all those enchanted tales. A lot mm-hmm. of those card prices are super cheap unless you get like the fancy Ristic studies. But that again is like a commander. 70, deck for, it's a 70 buck card for the enchanted tales. Yeah. And that's because commander players, I want the mana flare. The mana flare does look good. And for I think three bucks, three bucks. Yeah. It's like two seventy something. That's so good, right? That's so good, and it also, looks so. Also, good. I want to get the primal vigor. The primal vigor, yeah. That one's what? Maybe ten. Four bucks. Okay. I think it was. Yeah, primal vigor has commander play, but 
not as much as it probably used to, and especially with everyone just more hyped about um, parallel. Yeah, d- doubling season getting. Oh, reprinted. it's it's five fifty one. Oh no, five fifty one. You're breaking the bank there with that one. The list card is worth more. <laughs> the list is twenty six dollars. Jesus. Compared to the Enchanting Tales version? Yep. Okay, well, you got the bling version looking cooler and on a budget. Oh, yeah, for arguably fifth of the cost. Yeah, arguably the better looking version. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, to each their own. You know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder there. True. But, but anyways, let's Niv-Mizzet. Niv-Mizzet. So I didn't have a chance to type up this one here. So much. I was looking at that yeah. article. So I can summarize it here real quick. Go if you right want ahead. Me, if you want me to. Okay. So the um, la- the the other week, the state of the formats on Magic Arena was dropped on the Wizards website, and it is of noted here. They have like they talk about like their philosophy behind between tabletop and between arena, and that they're catering to tabletop players on arena while also a. Uh, catering to arena players on arena because players on arena play differently and they have a graph here that's not really a good graph i would argue <laughs> the x and y so the uh the x-axis is, goes up by percentage starting at zero to 45 percent yep it's labeled q play by format and then the x-axis or the y-axis has nothing I'm guessing like a time frame of how often it gets played, but it doesn't have like marks of like months or Imagine days. that. What's he not doing the whole job? Yeah. Half ass in a chart. Kind of like whether alchemy is on here. They don't do their job. So they state that the percentage of players that play on arena is about 40% standard in the past X amount of time. It has dipped from 40 to almost 35% while historic has been 35% and starting to climb up to 30%. Uh, Brawl and Alchemy are pretty evenly around 13 to 15%, while Explorer has about 5% of Q play. That's higher than 5% there, bro. Oh, seven. That's like 6. 6 to 7%. And all like moving upwards and stuff. Like this graph is very shitty. But uh, they're, they definitely referred to this graph several times throughout this article uh talking about you know um everyone's different tastes on playing the formats and then they talk about you know standard how it's uh they want to keep standard on arena compared to standard on tabletop and how explorer is the pioneer on tabletop and they want to keep those very close together they mention again that they hope to have playable pioneer by the end of 2024 when they drop their pioneer masters this is so fucking dumb they're 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 making their cards there so dumb you're keeping an eye on standard they mentioned you know that again hey the 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 window for standard is extended three years three year rotation and then when they talk about alchemy they say you ready for this when they talk about alchemy here uh, Alchemy also gives it us an op. This is a quote from the article here. I remember that I read this. I'm like, Danny's going to appreciate this. So dumb. Alchemy also gives us an opportunity for Magic Arena engineers to work alongside the Magic designers, so we can identify card behaviors that are new but are also straightforward for us to implement for Magic Arena. And since these cards are only for Magic Arena, we can work with those Magic designers to tweak the language on the cards, which makes adding new cards to Alchemy easier than most any other format and much easier than backs backlist sets where we must match cards that are already printed and immutable 
So uh, they're just saying they like the flexibility of putting new cards into to Alchemy Historic and stuff because they can play around with the numbers and stuff, which they have shown. I know we haven't talked about a lot of their updates of like card tweaking that they've done of like changing power and toughness. We're just not like Alchemy players. But the, the crazy thing is, according to their data, Alchemy gets played more than Historic. His, or That's Alchemy Explorer, gets played more, bro. Gets played more than Explorer. And Historic gets played way more than Alchemy. By like 11% more in the queues. Alchemy's still trash. And I like how they said, yeah, we, we'd like it when we don't have to do our jobs. Well, I mean, they're saying that they're tweaking the cards. It seems like they're being That more means they're engaged. not doing their job. They're engaging with the cards more frequently. I I said this before. I like the idea of alchemy as like their sandbox. That's what they're doing. You know, a kid, kids in a sandbox. They're playing with their cards. Danny's shaking but his head. The thing is, like, yeah, great. It's a sandbox. But you can't print alchemy cards to standard. Have you seen a lot of those posts? There's some people that have been going on being um, that have made like posts on Reddit saying, I was just looking at some of these alchemy cards aside from like perpetually, like what makes this card hard to print in an actual paper? And I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but there apparently there's a few cards that are worded where there could be a paper, like they could be made in paper like it's not it doesn't have like the perpetually it doesn't have like draft uh, a whatever or the spell book options and stuff but yeah i don't know it's just when they announce alchemy and how much they're giving alchemy praise it's just like yeah we just don't like doing our jobs 100 percent. so we're gonna half-ass our job get these cards out to you and let you do all the play design for it and play testing and uh we'll change it after that and and they sell separate boosters for them too. Yeah, exactly. For cards that aren't even one hundred percent real, that extra aren't even real in general. But yeah, I, I, no. Another thing that was also noted in here um, for the the state of arena, they were talking about how during the Gen Con announcements, how they said that Modern Horizons three is going to get made into arena and that got a lot of players thinking, oh, is modern something that they're going to be thinking about? This article kind of like quashed that. That modern is definitely not something they that they shouldn't put even in there. be doing pioneer because they do not have the marketplace to make people happy. Oh, was it the it's, other week that we were talking about that? Yeah, yeah. The marketplace, the way it is right now, where you have no choice of ever getting the card you want unless you want to buy thousands of cards just to redeem or redeem them for quote unquote a how a percentage of a wild card or just grind the fuck out of it because like i don't know you probably haven't played arena in a no. while. the 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 daily the daily achievements or whatever like yep. those are sometimes a slog fest just to like try and get through if you don't have a lot of the cards right and stuff so it's like if you're behind you kind of get like it's, it's a little bit of a slog to like get up to those wins to just like get the uh, you know the couple hundred gold that they mm-hmm. give you or not and stuff and then the the daily the one one of the things is like a daily you got to get like 15 wins a day for like but that gives you experience not gold yep. or anything like that but it's like 15 fucking wins like how much time do you th- expect me to play in a day like drop it to like maybe no, te- the, 10 or 7 they they've changed arena just for the streamers who stream magic like those who are grinding in the game i mean i can't 
I can't disagree if that's the case because I enjoy watching arena streamers. There's a few that are that I enjoy. Oh, There's, um, yeah, I I watch a few streamers too that play Magic Arena, but it's they've again Hasbro has gone on the money hungry grab and have just hey Arena's making us money that we're not really making. We have no we have no uh costs other than server and a few people to watch it. Otherwise, they're like, yeah, it's free money that we're just going to ingrain in people's heads. Hey, you got to play Arena, not Paper Magic. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I said this the other week when we were talking about, like, the market system. But I hope that we're going to have, like, an, a, another, like, a state of the Arena economy discussion again, like we, what we did. Was it last year? I think it was last year where yeah, Blake think. had the head designer or the head lead, of mm-hmm. Chris, whatever like on and a lot of the comments that he made seemed like a little bit of smack in the face they're like oh yeah the dusting system is just like a bad tool we want people to actually pay, play and experience the game to, to get the cards it's like give us dusting or give us death i feel like as, right. as a good response like i hope that i definitely agree if they for pioneer masters between now and when pioneer masters comes out like a marketplace or an improved like collection system they, where they you should like, have they should have the marketplace before even announcing pioneer oh where, where they already put the court oh, yeah, the cart I, in front I, of the horse on that one yeah <laughs> typical wantsy it's typical for them to do it's like hey we're gonna do this okay well did you fix these thousand problems before you even announced this no you haven't even looked at them once is the pioneer how how many server breakdowns or crashes are we gonna have with all these new uh, pioneer cards that are gonna break arena, yeah. The, uh, the 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 going back in history there of like getting cards to function. They need to print twenty two sets to get pioneer legal cards, extra from what they have right now. Uh, minus whatever like draft chaff in those sets, because they said that they're just we get like key cards in the pioneer masters. It's gonna be like just key cards that have seen play in like leagues top eights and other results so we're not going to see so they're just going to do meta decks that's all it's going to be yeah they're going to include cards for that or help like lesser known archetypes they're not just going to put like draft chaff from cons of tarkir in there i can't think of one off the top of my head savage Savage punch i don't maybe they're not going to put a savage punch in there i don't know it's just doesn't matter it's they still have 22 sets of cards that they they have to ink uh put into arena how many crashes is that gonna cause? Like, how many coding issues is that gonna cause? Like, it's a lot of cards. Yeah, it's a lot of fucking cards. A lot of fucking cards. And from my understanding, when it comes to coding, one space in a spot that it's not supposed to be, yep, can cause a fuck ton of problems. Yep. And then you have to go back through all the coding and read everything to find it. A little side note: get your kids to learn coding a lot. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take a little dad moment here. My son, he just joined the Lego Robotics League, and they have coding and stuff in there. And I, as a father, am extremely excited because his excitement for coding, because he already had the excitement for coding leading up to this, is just like tenfold. It's like, okay, he sticks with something like this, that's going to have good job prospects in this future that Guaranteed. we're moving. So Guaranteed it's like, job. I love that. Have your kids play like, parents out there listen to this, here's some parent life and coding. Have your kids play like, 
uh, Scratch. It's like this educational online site where they teach them like block coding. There's also like some Switch games where they do like different types of block coding where it's like input input of move robot arm up with input arm, uh, input claw move. Like you, they put these codes in a chain and then they hit play and then their little character in the Switch game does those moves in the blockchain. Hmm. Not not not, the, not blockchain like NFTs, but like the block, the block like the coding block and stuff for them to do, and that's like what that's like the learning bit of code. There's also like Minecraft coding and stuff like that. So there's fun ways to do coding, and if you could be a parent that's engaged with your kid while coding, it'll be fun for you. Yeah, you're gonna see a lot a lot of Roblox, a lot of Minecraft in this process, but engaging with your kids like that important little little. Creativity to the best. Yes. Little, little life life moments with this week in MTG. That is true. And, uh, yeah, so uh, State of uh, Arena. Danny, do you have do you have uh, one sentence, two sentences that you want to say on your, your I've, state I've of Arena? I've already said it. I've already said it. We can read between the lines. <laughs> Leave it to Hasbro to fuck something good up. And uh, this last one is just going to be a super quick bit of news here. I just saw it on the official Magic the Gathering Discord page. Yeah. Uh, Watsy Jess posted in their Discord announcement, have questions about Arena, want to know where things may be headed or ways certain deci- or why certain decisions have been made? Now is your time to ask the questions. Join us tomorrow at the official Wiz- Magic the Gathering Discord to talk with uh, Design Talk with Jay Parker and Ian Adams from 3.15 p.m. Pacific time to 4.15 Pacific uh, in the design, hashtag design talk channel as we are joined by a director of digital game design, Jay Parker, and design manager in Discord mainstay, Ian Adams. They'll answer your questions and take feedback uh, following the recent state of the formats that we just went and the 2023 rotation state of the game articles follow up the conversations from last week's MTG conversation and they have the link to the YouTube there and yeah we'll link to the the articles that they're going to be like going off of so everything that you just listened to us talk about uh, this was the footnotes version that's what we do here at this week in MTG give footnotes to get the news point kind of across so if you have more questions join the discord it's it's an okay discord to join you know i i occasionally scroll in there to see shit that gets talked about and stuff so if you're interested in that, go join the the Magic Discord. Yep. And while you're joining the Magic Discord, join the This Week in MTG Discord. There we go. <laughs> now on to everyone's favorite topic, Contra Currency. The weekly winners where we get to have Matt guess on which card or why the card is moving up in price. Um, so yeah, let's just jump right into it. First up. We have Nesting Dove Hawk. Sitting in $15.92. Nesting Dove Hawk. Yep. Okay. It's $15.92. Currently has a 220% increase, um, or at least on Friday it did. Uh, right now it's averaging at $15. Mark is at $12.06. Europe is $1.08. I always love, always love hearing the significant difference between like the european market and the american market the u.s market and like from for my christian or any other europeans that are out there help me solidify this knowledge from like my, my understanding it seems like legacy and competitive formats are the are the formats of choice over 
across the pond mm-hmm. and then like commanders up there to south well but not to the same degree that it is in the states is right. that the case is competitive like the thing that's really driving a lot more of the prices because some of these price discrepancies between states and uh between the states and and, and across the pond there it's pr- pretty wild and just so people know I'm not looking at the screen. I pulled it up so that way you can see. Danny can see. I am looking at him, not at the screen. So that way I'm not cheating at this nesting dove card. Uh, so nesting dove hawk is from Commander uh, Commander's Marshal Machines. Okay. Um. So it's a white three creature bird. It's two two flying. At the beginning of combat on your turn, populate. Whenever a creature token enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Nesting Dovehawk. A creature token enters. Yes. Why is it moving up in price? Which com- which format? <sighs> okay, so if it's printed in the, the March of the Machines Commander set, it's only available in Commander Legacy and Vintage. Man. I have not listened to Thraben U or uh, Bosch and Roll this week to know if there's like a populate token in like Vintage or Legacy. So I'm just going to go with the, the the classic EDH. There's a uh, the populate deck. Isn't there the uh, the token deck in Wilds of Eldraine that this is kind of fitting in? Then is yes. that making tokens? Yes, you are correct. It is Bernard Ginger Sculptor. That guy. Boom. So yes, you are correct. Um, so yeah, obviously it's Commander Master our Commander set says. So Typically going to be Commander. Um, oh, it's a little bird with the Frexian leaf. Yep. Next up, we uh, have... Hey, Matt. Are you going to scroll down so people can see? There we go. These ones? Nope. Keep going to the next one. Oh, to the next card. Okay. Yep. Okay. Next up, we have Questing Druid sitting at 272 with a 192% increase. It is currently sitting at, waiting for this computer to catch up. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, market is at 251, average is 305. Foil, you can find it at 336. It is European average of 188. This card is from Wilds of Elgin. It is a green one, a human druid with adventure. So I'll just read the, the creature side. Uh, okay. it's, it's green one for human druid. Whenever you cast a spell that's black, blue, black, all right, white, black, blue, or red, put a plus one, plus one counter on questing druid. It's a one, one. The adventure is seek the beast with red one instant adventure. Exile the top two cards of your library until your next end step. You may play those cards. Okay, uh, quick note, average price is what people are trying to sell at online, and market price is what people are actually buying them at. Yes. Just noted for, for listeners there. I don't know if that was said before, but, ah, oh, man. I feel like this is a pioneer card of sorts. I know playing Explorer the last week, I have seen this, like, Lucky Clover Teamer deck, and this feels like it fits in there. So, Pioneer Teamer Adventures, Lucky Clover, locking it in. So you what format? Pioneer. But if because partially correct. Ooh. Um. Are we gonna get hit with so the standard as well? This uh, this card isn't seen different formats. Um, at the very bottom of the of this section, it's saying it's putting up results in Teamer Delver and Legacy. What? Also Legacy. Doing, also doing well in Gruel Pioneer decks. Oh, and of shit. course, standard because it is from Wilds Valdrain. 
or uh not wilds of Aldrain, but um where's the wilds of Aldrain? this card yeah yeah it's wilds of Aldrain. yeah wilds i was thinking of the first Aldrain. <laughs> throne, throne of Aldrain. there we go i was like it doesn't make sense but yeah so it's uh and the deck that they give you is is it delver legacy that's so. fucking crazy look at this right here by uh helveti making this deck here very interesting looking build yeah so it's you're almost partially correct on okay. it so next up last Bl- i'm blown out of the water by legacy specifically right so. <laughs> so number three we go to agatha's soul cauldron so again wiles valdrain uh as of the articles at 4368 53% increase currently seeing averaging at 20 45 25 markets at 4288 jesus fuck foil is $48 europe is averaging 1655 okay so agathas uh soul cauldron is a two drop artifact legendary artifact I should mention uh you may spend mana as those of any mana of any color to activate act, uh, act, activate abilities of creatures you control. Creatures you control with plus one plus one counters on them have all activated abilities of all creature cards exiled with Agatha Soul Cauldron. So you can tap an exile target card from your graveyard with when a creature card exiled this way, uh, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. So Matt, what deck format? Well, this goes in a lot of decks. I know currently Modern is talking with uh, Golgari Yagmoth, and I feel like that's probably going to be the answer. But we I was also surprised seeing the Training Grounds deck that had it in Standard as well. And fun fact as well, Danny, probably you'd appreciate this, that this is a card that goes in like Spike Feeder Heliod decks as well because mm-hmm. the activated abilities, Walking Ballista and stuff like that. So. This is a card probably for your uh, your Heliod life gain deck that you have put up on Moxfield. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. No, I don't know. So overall, I'm going to say Modern's probably moving this more than like Pioneer or Standard. But I feel like this is one of those cards that's like, it's just it's just a format all-star getting seen, not format, format play star getting played in every format, but primarily Modern. Right. Locking it in. Yeah, you're basically correct. Um, I really don't see them commenting anything other than modern. Um, maybe because I just don't want to read the articles. So I'm doing me doing quick read and seeing if any words pop out. So yeah, it's mainly modern Golgari, like you said. Um, they also mentioned hardened scales decks. Yeah, yeah. So hardened scales have been picking up because they're using this card because it just puts a counter on it, and then like the. This, the Ravager or whatever, where it removes mm-hmm. counters to deal damage. And, and Ballista, of course, as well. So Right. Maybe I should put Hunt Scales in my Walking Ballista deck. Solid card. Solid combo. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Fun fun fact here with this Golgari Yagmoth deck that they got, they have so they have Gris the Hunger Tide typically in here, but this one deck specifically is running a couple of uh, Tyvar Jubilant Brawler, which has the static ability, is the three-drop static ability Planeswalker from uh, Frexia OB1 that has, you may activate abilities of creatures you control as though the creature had haste. So with Agatha Soul Cauldron giving creatures abilities, like being able to have them have haste is right. not a half bad thing. And this person, I don't know if this like, resulted 
put up results in an event, but the deck looks very fucking good. Expensive. Yeah. Price again. Look at this. $700. Buy from TCG player for $707. Oh, my God. Card Kingdom. $1,000. I guess that's what you get when you, like... I don't even know, like, what Card Kingdom does that makes them so expensive now. Like, TCG Direct... They, I guess they still have backpack sellers on TCG. Yeah. On TCG Player, and that's what kind of allows them to play around with that. And, like... Card Kingdom is like, oh, we have the standard. We know, we know the card grade. Mm-hmm. Finger up. <laughs> yeah, no, that that deck is definitely playing the uh, not really expensive deck, expensive cards for land, but Orcus Bullmaster, the two of them, just sitting at forty seven dollars. Um, and Egg of the Soul Cauldron. Like, actually, what- there's three Orcus Bullmasters in the deck. There's one on the sideboard. Oh, yep, yep, yep. So that's $140, almost $150. Yep, and then you got three Endurances, which are 35 a piece. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, another 100 hundo there, 100 and plus, so 200 in the just those. Force alone. of Vigors, two, that's just another 40 bucks. So there's half or a third of your cost is just in those three. Three cards, and but it's more than three cards. I was about to say, then also tossing an egg at the soul cauldron at 45 per card. Yep. That's almost another 150 there. Exactly. So, like, just the deck is actually surprisingly cheap. Delighted Halfling, 11 bucks. Yogmoth, Thran Physician for the uh, old border from Dominary Remastered there is $12. So, I mean, yeah, it's just a. Uh... Modern is expensive. Modern is expensive, and it has the it has the the benefit of having like the cheaper fetch land here too. Inverting catacombs for like fifteen bucks. God damn, fifteen bucks for that. Yeah, cheap, fifteen bucks. That's... But anyways, moving along to the cheap pickups, the cards that we all want or should buy while they're cheap. Uh, first up, we have Arilla, the Warlord, sitting at four dollars and fifty five cents. Moving up, so buy it now. This is one of Jesse's cards that has slapped ass, slapped my ass a few times back in the day. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I had this in my first modern, my first standard deck. I remember that. It was a great card. It is um, a great card. Next up, we have Avabrock Caretaker sitting at $6.65, moving down. This is a note one because this is a powerhouse card in like EDH, even without uh, the, you know, being werewolf based. Right. Uh, then we have Veg, um, Vengevine. Vengevine. There we go, Vengevine. I made a lot harder than it was supposed to. Sitting at $4.71 and moving down. And uh, yeah, that was the last of the cheap pickups. Um, so Matt, what can we use to follow these cards pricings? I, a little birdie, a little birdie on X has told me that there's an amazing... <laughs> on X. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> It told me that there's this amazing resource that you, uh, amazing website resource called tcgsniper.com. They're a price tracking website where you can uh, enter in any of the cards that we talked about tonight. If you are interested in picking them up cheaper or wanting, if you have a bunch and you want to sell them, yeah, you can enter those cards in on TCG Sniper, set a desired price that you want to get notified if they're moving up or down on, and then. When we get the notification, you click the link and you can like put yours, mark yours for sale then, or you can pick yours up and snipe the prices when they get to that deal there. So it's like Egg of the Soul Cauldron is going to come down from 45 to 30. I'm calling it in three months. Is it? 
In a hypothetical world, Danny, don't don't yuck my yum. It's like the Black Lotus isn't going to reach under $100 in two years. I mean, yeah. Anyways, check out TCG Snapper. Uh, you can go over there and sign up for a free account. You get 15 products. Is it 15 or 50? I always get this confused. 50. It's 50. You get 50 products that you can enter in. And I say products because you can put in sealed product from TCG Player as yep. well. Very fancy stuff there. Uh, if you go over, sign up for their free account and mention the guys at This Week in MTG sent you their way, they'll give you three months free of their Plus program, which gives you unlimited cards. So for more of the the savvy uh, magic financier, but honestly, just even outside of that, their their free mo- their free base is really fucking good. They are right. a great pr- price tracking website. You get text message, email, or Discord notifications that you can choose from. Yep, it's really cool. Go check them out. Penguin and Jonathan are doing a great job over there. Yep, yep. But uh, there we have it. Here we are, end of another episode. Do you have anything else you want to add before we hit the outro here? I don't think so. Other other than uh, join Discord. Fall Brawl! Join the Fall Brawl. Fall Brawl! You can all die to my Johnny. And you can win some Boother Packs. Boother Packs. Boother Pack. The Boother Pack giveaway. (laughs) Thank you all. Thank you to all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 203 of This Week in MTG. As we wrap up another episode, we want to extend our deepest gratitude to our incredible listeners and patrons. You, you listening to this. Oh, we love you. Your enthusiasm fuels our passion for all things Magic the Gathering, and we are honored to be a part of this vibrant community. Stay tuned for more exciting updates, discussions, and insights in the world of Magic the Gathering. Until next time. May your mana be plentiful and your draws ever favorable. Keep gathering those magical moments. Congratulations! You made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! Like if Mike Tyson played fucking Magic the Gathering. <laughs> oh my god. Mike Tyson uh, likes Boother Draft. I'm so sorry. Please don't punch me, Mike Tyson. You die.